words of Jesus tonight. I'm pretty excited about this one. Hope you are too. If you need an outline, uh, hands up. We got a few here. A couple up here in the front. Uh, Carson. Good to see you guys. Hey, Landon. How are you, buddy? Good. I see his smiling face. Uh, Monica's right there. Theodore. see you all out tonight. We are going to enter into a passage from Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, and this particular passage comes at the very near the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a really, really important one because it brings the sermon to a close, um, and it's got some pretty striking truths in it. Now, uh, let me remind you a couple of things here about the principles of Bible study. As those of you who might be visiting with us, the first Sunday night of each month, we do what we call lab night, where um, I take you into a Bible text. We break it down together to see if we can make some meaning of it. And then we and then I'll preach it back to you in a short period of time. And that's going to be what our sermon is going to be tonight. And the goal of this is that every person in this room can do what Bible teachers and preachers do with the Bible. There's nothing um, magical or mystical that happens uh, from Monday to Friday here in the building during the week where we, you know, somehow figure out what the Bible means and we try to preach it. To, there's nothing mystical or magical about it. In fact, every person in this room has the intelligence and competency and ability to come to a Bible text that they don't yet understand and apply really simple principles to it and walk away and say, I understand that now. So um, I, our goal is that you might feel empowered, confident, um, intrigued, and ready to dig into God's word a little bit more. So hopefully we'll try to help our, our members here and our visitors be able to do that. Let me remind you of a couple basic principles of how to do this. If you're going to study the Bible, you've got to start with prayer because God doesn't just need to open your eyes, but he needs to open your mind, your heart. Um, Bible study is bringing yourself into submission to God. And you can't do that without a heart that's prepared. When Jesus talked about seed that gets sown on people's hearts and that the seed that grows, um, he says that seed, that soil has to be ready, has to be prepared, and it has to be careful how it hears. So we got to pray. And then you read the text multiple times. One of the biggest mistakes we make is we read the Bible verse one time, and then we immediately say, oh, what does this mean? Or what does this mean to my life? And we start to try to make sense of it. And we might have only read it one time. Um, you should read the Bible text multiple times. I try to read a Bible text no less than 20 times before I ever start breaking it down and making sense of it to, to try to be able to teach that. Because you'll see as you do it multiple times, different things stand out to you. And then we do step number three, which is the dreaded step I've heard from some of you. Oh, the grammar. <laughs> So we'll go fast tonight on that part, um, but as we practice it, we're going to get better at it. I've, I'm confident that all of you are going to get better at this, and we look for the verb that tells us the action. We look for the subjects, that's the who is doing the action, because that tells you who the verse is about. We look for the object, who is the action being done to, and then we look at some of the prepositions for clarity. It's really important 
we find terms of the conclusion, one of the most important phrases in the Bible is the phrase, when you see so that, or because, or, or um, that, that is telling you what that text is really trying to get about. So that this will happen, that's the point of the text. We look for repeating in significant terms. There's a phrase in our text tonight. There's a phrase in our text tonight that's a repeating phrase. So that's your warning. I want to see if you can find it. There's a repeating phrase in our text tonight right in the middle of it. And then you want to discover the main idea. Every text has a main idea, what it's trying to say, and then the supporting points. And what we're going to do tonight, because we're getting into the words of Jesus, so we've done Peter, the first week, we've done Paul, we've done John, walked you into um, some of the easier, like, logical thinkers. When you get into Jesus, Jesus is a master of pictures word pictures, meaning he wants you to see the image of what he's describing. And so with Jesus, you've got to make sure you know who the audience is that he's talking to, because he's always addressing people's deepest needs. You've got to make sure you understand the target audience. Who is he trying to talk to? And the main point he's trying to make, and um, I know this sounds like a lot, but I think you'll see that it really does make some sense, um, especially as we get into tonight. So without further ado let's pray together as a body of believers that god will um, help us see what he wants us to see from his word god in heaven we firmly believe that you have been both the force and the will and the intent behind the words that we're going to read tonight father we don't take lightly these words they came from the mouth of your son your spirit has preserved them for us and they've brought they've been brought down to this very day and we cherish the fact that we could hear from Jesus right now. And Father, I pray that you would prepare our minds, that you would make us humble people, that you would make us hungry people, that you would excite us, God, with the very fact that we're reading your mind, your thoughts, and your direction on how to live life. God, would you wake us up to the cautions and the warnings that you have? Would you elicit a great desire for the promises that you've given? Father, would you help us to see the path laid out for us? Thank you, God, for the time that we can study tonight. May it be fruitful. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay, let's read this about four times. We've got a short text, so it's... Uh... Ah, sorry, guys, I turned off. Our guys back there took me off. Okay, we're good. For those of you who don't have a, uh, a paper, it's on the screen. Let's read this about four times. Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay, let's do it again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. All right. Pretty powerful one, isn't it? It's a little sobering. Let's start, before we get frantic about what this text means, let's just start very basic. Find the verbs. You guys ready to find verb number one? What is the action happening? Not everyone who says. You see, says is the action. It's speaking. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. What's the next verb? Enter. I'm going to include will enter just to give you the tense. So this is in the future. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What's the next verb? But the one who does, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day, many will what? So we got say again. I'm going to include will to give you the tense again. But on that day, many are going to say. That's the action. So we've got action of says, action of entering, action of doing, and action of saying again. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? What's the next one? Cast out? Last one? Do, right? Yeah, it's kind of tricky. It's just do. <laughs> Maybe the easiest verb of all, do, the action. Um, so we've got, Lord, Lord, did we not? These three actions, prophesy, cast out, and do. Let's go to verse 23. What are the verbs there? Then I will what? Declare. Now, Jesus does not use his words lightly. Would you all agree? Do you see something? We've got say and say, but what's Jesus do? Does he just say? He declares something, right? A little more powerful. All right, just keep that in mind. What does he declare? I never what? Knew. I didn't know you. Next verb? Depart. There we go. Last one. You workers, right? Workers of lawlessness. Very good. Very good. You guys did great. Okay. The next thing we do, all right? We don't even know exactly all that we're going to make sense of this verse. So does everybody have those up there? At this point, you don't even have to explain the Bible verse yet. Now we know the verbs. Let's get the subjects. Who is doing all these actions, okay? So what you do is you come to the verb, says. And let me ask you this question. Who is the one saying? Not everyone, right? Well, it technically would be everyone who, but not everyone. And then not kind of clarifies that. But he's saying not everyone who says. Okay? Will enter. This is a tricky one. Is there a subject for will enter? We already have it, right, Terry? We already have it up there. So not everyone who says will enter. Now just pause. You guys understand that phrase? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter. You see how you got that now? Okay, you got that piece. Does. Okay, who's the doer, right? Who's the does? The one, right? The one. 
So now we've got two different subjects. Okay? Um, who's the one we'll say? Many. Mike, nice job, Mike. You guys see that? The next verb, will say. Who is the people will say? Many will say. Now, does prophesy, cast out, and do have a subject? Great. Good catch. Oh. We prophesy, cast out, and do. Okay, now pause. Let's get this phrase. Many will say, Lord, we did these three things. So there's going to be many, many people on a particular day say to Jesus, we did these things. We've done these things. Okay, you got that phrase figured out? All right, let's go to verse 23. Who's the declarer? I, right? I declare. Who's the one saying new? I, I knew. Who's the workers of lawlessness? You, right? Very good. In this tense, that, that's right, that's right. Very good, Betty. So, so workers would be um, more along the lines of like, it's not necessarily a verb, right? Very good, Betty. Good catch. Okay, so we've got three characters in this in this passage. You guys see this? Most of the time, we've been dealing with one to two. Sometimes it's a Bible verse all about God. Remember those subjects in Colossians one? He, he, he. He is, he is, he is. That was all about God. Last week, or last month, we had a, a Bible verse that was all about, uh, it had to do with us. And John, when he said, it is us who have assurance, it was about Christians. Who are the three different characters in this Bible text? Let's, let's pick out the three different subjects. Not everyone, right? So we got the orange, which is not everyone who says... Those are the many who will say, right? But then you've got the one, right? There's a second. There is a person who will answer. The one who does. And the third character is who? Christ, right? So he's in the green. So we've got Christ. We've got many who say. And then we've got one who will enter. You guys see the three characters in the story? Great. Let's... Um, the last thing we do before we break down this, uh, the last piece is, what is everyone saying? Go back to the beginning. Everyone says what? Lord, Lord. And not everyone who says Lord, Lord will not enter what? What are they trying to enter? The kingdom. Okay. So what the first phrase is talking about is entering what? So the subject here is entering the we're talking about entering the kingdom of heaven. Now, the one who does, what does he do? What does he actually do to enter the kingdom? The will of the Father. Good. So, he is, we've got, on one hand, everyone who says, Lord, Lord, not everyone will enter. But the one who will enter is the one who does the will of the Father. Very good. Okay? Now, on that day, many will say in verse 22, what do they say? We sort of just need to underline all of this. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons and do mighty works in your name? That's what they say. And then Jesus says, I'll declare to them. What does he declare to them? What's his declaration? I never knew you. Depart from me. You are workers of iniquity or lawlessness. 
That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Okay. Now let me pause for a second, and then we're going we're gonna to see these three statements and give you kind of a precursor to what's, what we're going to happen next. The precursor is when you get statements of Jesus, when he, when he speaks this way, he invites you to ask a lot of questions to think deeply with him. So you're going to have to do that with him. So you've, you've done a great job of understanding, okay, the first line, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter, but the one who does will enter. Um, we got to ask some questions together. So let's break down. What do you guys think the first big grouping is? What's the first statement that's sort of the first thought together? That's right. Every, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter, but the one who does the will. Do you see that? That's thought number one. Now just pause. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, enters, but the one who does the will. What's the next thought? Many will say, right? So the next thing is, there are many on that day who will say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and did wonders in your name. Now very simply, what's the third thought or the third movement of this text? Many declares. Now, here's how you can make sense of this. Now that you see each of these thoughts, you take one at a time and you get the point of it. You get the meaning out of it. So let's start together with the first one. What is the main takeaway of this sentence? You can tell me. What do you think the main takeaway of this sentence is? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. What's the main objective or the main takeaway of this sentence? Okay, what's that? Deeds, not words. Give me some more there. Okay, everyone, not everyone, right? That's the main point. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a key idea. Keith, I interrupted you. It's about your walk, not just your talk, right? Anything else? Those are all feeding into, let me keep, let me keep driving you. Those are all feeding into, what's the one idea of this text, though? The will of the Father, that still feeds into the big one, though. What's the big one? Do you guys see that? Do you see how our mind sometimes goes to the feeder? These all feed into it. The main idea of this first line is, who's going to enter the kingdom? Now, do I need to pause? Because I kind of went fast there. Does Does that make sense to everyone? That the main idea of this verse is, who is going to enter the kingdom? And it's a walk, not a talk. It's, uh, Andy said, it's about doing and obedience, not about, I can't remember how you, it's about your deeds, not your words. And someone else had another con- contributing thought that was really good back there. Um, I can't remember now. It might have been um, Lucy that had the thought. Um, <laughs> but, but do you see how all of those things, entering the kingdom, going to heaven, this phrase is about, who is going to enter the kingdom? Now, answer that question. Do you see how all of your answers, you, you answered this question, right? Who is going to enter the kingdom? Who will be able to get into the kingdom? Those who say, Lord, Lord, but the one who does the will of the Father. Now, pause. You've got a really important thing to figure out. Uh-oh, Andy's already got it. Hey, let's do this, Andy. You got it. Andy's got it figured out. Do you see the really important thing that you had to figure out in this one sentence of Jesus? What does it mean 
to do the will of the Father. Now, Christians, I'm going to press on you a little bit harder, okay? You guys okay on Sunday night? My Sunday night crowd is a tough crowd. You can handle it. You guys are tough. If you were asked by a non-Christian, what does it mean to enter the kingdom, like do the will, what does that mean? Christians, we got to be confident, right, that, that we have spent time thinking about what Jesus has told us, that entering the kingdom, we're talking about eternal life and death matters, amen? And entering the kingdom is contingent upon, not just saying, Lord, Lord, but doing God's will. All right, I'll back off. Okay, next one. We'll get back to this, but next one. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do works in your name? Now let me ask you this question. What do you guys think the main thrust of this sentence is? What's the main sort of push in this sentence? Say that again things that we did I interrupted over here what who do they do it for that's a good question Carrie nice and loud stop that's perfect making a defense this whole verse is this did we not it's a declaration Let me ask you not a trick question, but a thinking question. When they made this statement, did they know the verdict of Jesus already? You look back in your Bible and read it again. Tell me what you think. Did they already know they were judged? Look back, put your eyes back down, read it. 21 to 23. Could be. Could be. So, so Susan's saying, if you're already defending yourself, you've already got some guilt like welling up in there, right? That you're like kind of battling back against. Okay. Good thinking. What do you guys think, Anna? It's say that one more. I'm sorry. You knew what you were supposed to do. Okay, I see what you're saying. Justification. But do you think if you read the text, are they standing in front of Jesus? And they already know what the verdict is, and they're battling back against that verdict. Is that what the text teaches? What do you think, Clay? Ooh, all right, Ricky. He does, right? Leads up into that where he talks about narrows the, uh, yeah, well, the gate is, yeah, the narrows the way that leads to life. And then he talks about that you know them by their fruit. Good tree, good fruit, bad tree, bad fruit, right. And then he comes down to this passage and he says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter, on that day, they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons, do works? Yeah, Gene. Yes, pause, Here, uh, yes. Because look at the next verse. first two words in verse 23 then what's it say and then judgment comes do you see how a very careful reading a 
Jesus' words can give you insight into their mind. See, he's trying to draw a picture of these people. These people that are going to not make the kingdom. Right? These people aren't going to... Verse 22, everybody agree? They didn't enter the kingdom. They missed the kingdom. And they're standing in front of Jesus. And they say, have we not done this, this, and this? And then Jesus says, I declare to you, depart from me. I never knew you. Did you say it's too late? That's right. But Betty, I think that these people were standing in front of Jesus before judgment came, and they were already presenting themselves and boasting in themselves. I think as Jesus is standing there, this is, this is the picture he's drawing. They walk up to Jesus, and they're like, did we not prophesy in your name when we were here on earth? Boy, didn't we cast out demons? Brian, man, you should have seen the mighty works I did on earth. And they're, 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 they're ready, like, okay, we're, we're, move, Peter, I'm going to go through the gate. And Jesus says, oh, 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 I don't know you. I, I don't have a clue who you are, right? I never knew you. And then he says, depart from me, what? You self-righteous? He doesn't say that. You full of yourself? What's he say? You workers of what? Ooh. Lawlessness, okay? Yep. Uh, let me go back and. Uh, wrong way, Anthony. Okay. So they're gonna almost like they're gonna keep cycling through, and there will be there will be this group of people that can. Yeah, Jesus is, is casting to what that day will be like, right? And there's going to be more than just one group or one person. There's going to be many that cycle through saying, when they stand before Jesus, did we not? Did we not? Did we not? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. Oof. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this is entering kingdom life and death. And, and here's, here's one of the really big main takeaways of this text. The main point of this, this sentence right here is not that people will enter the kingdom or not enter the kingdom. That's not the point of verse 22. The point of verse 22 is the shock of those who are certain they're going to enter. You see the shock? There's a shock value to this. Now, why were they shocked? Why, why did they, yeah, they were expecting it. Why did they think they were going to enter the kingdom? Two main things. They did good works, right? But what, this is the repeating phrase I told you was going to come in this text. What's the repeating phrase in this text? In your name, right? How many times does it show up? Three times. Prophesy in your name. Cast out demons in your name. And do wonders or mighty works in your name. Now what does it mean to do something in somebody's name? Tim Bullock can answer that for us. And Ray can answer that for us. By the authority, right? So if Tim comes to your house, you don't ever want this to happen in uniform. And he pounds on your door. And he says, open up in the, in the name of the law, which means... You don't open up because I'm Tim Bullock, right? 
you know, you might want to because he's, you know, like he's your buddy, but um, <laughs> first question, <laughs> where's the warrant, man? Ain't you coming in? <laughs> Keith, oh, I love Keith, man. He knows, man, that's good. But when Tim knocks on your door and he says, you open up in the name of the law, what he's saying is, by the authority and the power that I have because of the law, not because of Tim Bullock, but because of the law, you have to open your door. I'm doing it in the name of the law. And what these guys were saying were, they used the authority of Jesus. And they used the power of Jesus to accomplish some work. That's even scarier, isn't it? Yeah, Don. Oh, okay. Oh, to, to fix and things? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good point. Kevin. That's a great correlation. Go ahead. Keep going. What made you say they don't keep track? What, what, what part of what, what part of twenty five? great story Kevin's referencing us to in chapter 25 where Jesus tells the scene again of separating the right and the left and he says those that enter in you fed me you clothed me and their question was when do we even see you totally different demeanor right Kevin yes that's right because and that's what makes me tremble about this part when he says this, I never knew you, and then this part. What would you call lawless about prophecy, casting out demons, and mighty works? What's lawless about that? Do you, do you see that? Yeah, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. The reason they did it? Okay. What was driving them? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we see from Jesus here, why did they actually not enter in? The first one is, I didn't know you. I don't know you. I've never known you. Meaning, I don't recognize you. We are not connected. We don't really have anything in common. We don't share a mind, a heart, or as Jesus said in verse 21, a will. A share a will. What it means to do somebody's will is to execute their intent, right? To, to, to share in their purpose and to execute their intent. And so if I have a will and I ask you to be the executor of that will and I pass away and you carry that will out, you are sharing in my intent and carrying out my wishes. That's what it means. And he says, you use my name in service of your purpose and your goals. You see, one of the great dangers church, especially church work is using Christianity to build up my kingdom instead of serving in his kingdom. And what I mean by my kingdom is, are you all impressed with the work that I've done and the things that I do and that uh, I want um, adoration for it? In Matthew 23, Kevin, a couple chapters before, Jesus said this about those guys when he said, you do this to be seen by men. Matthew chapter 6, he says, they give and they pray 
to be seen by, by men. And he says they've had their reward. Rick. Give your body to be burned. Speak with tongues of men. Yep. It's absolute rubbish, right? So Ricky reminded us of 1 Corinthians 13, the first three verses where Paul says, if I have the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a sounding brass or a clang. It's worthless, right, without love. That's a great riff. So the first problem was the reason they, were, they did not enter is Jesus didn't know them. The second one, he says, you work lawlessness. And again, I come back to what, what is really lawless about prophecy and demon casting and mighty works. And Tim was pushing us towards the answer a moment ago. And he's saying, these works were done for the wrong intent. And here's where you learn what their intent was. Their intent was, you see in verse 22, when they were shocked uh, because they say, when they, when they are prepared to stand before Jesus to enter in, they say, here's why we're going to enter in. Here's, here's what causes us to enter in. And so he says, these works violated the law, the original intent of what they were to be because they were doing them for themselves. For these people, work in the kingdom was a means for their gain. It was not a means to, prove, to, um, uh, to carry out the will of God. It was not a means to make much of the name of Jesus. It was not a means of just caring for people, showing mercy and love. It was a means by which they could stand before God and boast and be proud. Paul warned us about them in Romans chapter 9, in verse uh, about 30, 29 through about 33, when he said that the Jews missed righteousness because they were doing works of the law and not having faith. They had no faith. And so, let's, let's do a couple takeaways and we'll be done, okay? Um, first of all, this passage is not just about entering the kingdom. So this is not just a generic statement of Jesus of how to get in the kingdom and how to not to. This passage is a warning to those who are certain they are in the kingdom and to check the means by which they are certain. Do you see how this is not just a passage about like, hey, enter, the, the passage about becoming like children is, an, is a passage about how to get in the kingdom. Become like children, you'll enter the kingdom. That's a generic passage from Jesus, how to enter the kingdom. This is a passage to rattle the cages of the religious, to say, you're absolutely certain you're in, and I want you to double check what's making you certain. So for a crowd on a Sunday night in a church, would that be pretty applicable to us? Just to double check? To a guy who works in religion Monday to Friday, should I check? I better check, right? I better double check. All right, number two. The kingdom is reserved for those who do the will of God. And to do the will of God, you've got to be known by Christ. This is has become incredibly popular in our culture to say, I know Christ, okay? And we speak of it in the first-person term, like, like I know Jesus, it, because it's, it's my knowledge of what I know. But the Bible actually has this whole other angle of knowledge where it says that we are known by God. Galatians chapter 4, Paul says, you have come to know Christ, and then he goes, Erch, comma, or rather, dot, 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 have actually 
God has come to know you. I think Paul was actually making a clarifying statement there. For us to do the will of God, we actually have to be known by Jesus Christ. What does it take to be known by somebody? That's right. And they're not burdensome, right? We know that we know them because we walk in his way and keep his commandments. It's beautiful. Let me ask you this relationally. Just try to think relationally for a moment. What does it take to be known by somebody? Not to know somebody. You can creep on somebody's Facebook page, figure, figure out some information, you know, look them up on LinkedIn, and you can, you can learn information about people. What does it take for you to be known by somebody? Involved in, you got to be around, right, Cliff? you gotta, you got to be around for them to see you in the good times and the bad, for them to see all of you. What else does it take to be known? What? you got to be exposed. You have to share yourself. You see... A lot of us exist in relationships where we know people, but it's actually uncomfortable to be known, isn't it? Yep. They've given themselves to you. They've cared for you. Absolutely. You see, I think what Jesus is pressing us here to is this. That you can run around for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 90 years doing a bunch of things, saying that you know him, but if you don't pause to let him know you in confession, in prayer, in repentance, in study, if you don't let him know you, because in the letting him know you phase is where he begins to change you. Confession, repentance, where he begins to change you. So the kingdom is reserved for those who do the will of God. And to do the will of God, you've got to be known by Christ. I love this passage here in Nahum, the prophet. He says, the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Look at that last line. He knows those who take refuge in him. You got to run to him. You got to come to him. Honestly, if you really don't need God in your mind, you think you don't need him, does he really know you? Do you even really know yourself? If you don't live in a way that you actually, like, depend upon him, that he's your refuge, that he is when you feel attacked or challenged or scared or afraid or insecure, you come to him and his sovereignty, his grace, his love, his mercy, and he cares for you and protects you and guides you. And you come out of that storm and you say, man, he is good. And when you come out of that storm saying, man, he is good, guess whose will you're going to want to do? His. You'll become a person who feeds the hungry and clothes the naked. And when he says, thank you for taking care of me, you're going to, just taking care of me so much, man, I don't know what I was doing. I was just trying to repay you, right? Yeah, Rick. Teacher of the law. Wealthy ruler, counselor of people, teacher of the law, and Jesus said, got to be born again you're gonna yeah that's right i hope this passage has been helpful to you guys um you are wonderful thinkers of god's word you enrich each other's lives i want to encourage you guys to do this kind of work in your own life but i want to encourage you to do this with a friend 
somebody in this room here over coffee and breakfast at Bob Evans, do you see how insightful you all can be with God's word? And it'll challenge you, it'll help you grow, and you'll walk away and you might not have this cute little button-up outline that you can go, but you'll dig into God's word and it'll make sense to you and you'll begin to um, really draw closer to him. So at this time, we want to make sure that anybody who doesn't feel close to God or doesn't feel drawn near to him, who's not right with him, uh, maybe you're not yet a Christian, uh, most certainly the invitation to enter the kingdom is available to you, and maybe you are a Christian. What a great opportunity to pause and check. What makes you certain that you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven? And if you're not sure about that, or maybe you've been living in a way that um, is your certainty in yourself, let's get that right tonight. Let's stand and sing. If you need any help, you can come.